Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. This is Henry Harris. Today's topic, worry in a man's heart, ignore it or speak it out. Okay, let us begin with an overview. We're looking at a basic truth of our, how, how feelings work, how our psychological experience, moment to moment, how moods work. We're experiencing a flow. We are on the receiving end of a divine flow. And while it looks like the, the key to understanding and gaining, understanding feelings and gaining different feelings, uh, while it can look like it has to do with understanding all the details of our life and how to address the events and circumstances, how to change the events of our life or avoid them, manage them, while it can look like that is obviously the case, uh, there is a, a deeper truth. There is a simple truth that says that I, can exp I am experiencing an ongoing flow. And while there are events and circumstances in my life, and I can and need to respond to them and learn from them and the feelings that they arouse, the ultimate source of my feelings is this ongoing flow, moment to moment to moment. That flow includes a whole spectrum of of feelings. It includes a certain constricted, fearful, self-centered consciousness. It includes a, a wise, expansive, grateful consciousness, um, one that's accepting even of uh, difficult feelings themselves. A person can have a difficult feeling and still experience it as with a certain level of of expansiveness, what a challenge, what a difficulty, what a uh, an opportunity of sorts. There's a variety of ways in which we do feel about the same events and circumstances of our lives that we're not static, we're moving in the same way that weather is moving. So too is our inner, our inner weather, it's moving. And it's a beautiful and simple truth to kind of come back to as a basis for our work. The beginning of wisdom is to know about the truth of the reality of life, that there is a single simple source behind everything. That's not to make, suggest to be passive or to be um, accepting of all circumstances that in fact require a response or let's say an injustice. I'm not suggesting passivity. I'm saying first understand what's the wisdom platform upon which everything is appropriately viewed. And that is that I'm experiencing an ongoing flow. And then it's going to allow me to navigate that in inner world. I won't feel gripped by or yanked by the feelings in a way that I'm kind of in a, in a um, fight flight mode. I'm in reactivity. I have the ability to look at, sense the feelings that I'm feeling and consider, okay, what is there to learn from this? At the very least, I can learn and be re and reaffirm a single simple truth that there's one source behind everything in the same way that there's one source that's animating and activating the molecules that make up the firm table that's in front of me. There's also a single simple source behind the weather in the world out in the sky, and there's a, a source behind the weather that's unfolding inside of me. And as I come to watch that and be cur and I became I become curious about that, 
I'm going to have a new relationship with that flow of feelings inside me. And there will be wisdom. There will be wisdom that allows me to navigate, to respond to sometimes the response will be to take action. Sometimes the response will be to sit. Uh, but working with a work, working with a true premise is always, always a, a, a special accomplishment. And it leads to much more effective navigating of our lives. So today's topic I raised is the topic of difficult feelings, worried feelings in a person's heart. Should he uh, ignore them or should he speak them out? So it's interesting because I just read in a passage of the Talmud from yesterday's portion of the daily Talmud, the Daf Yomi, at the end of Daf Membes, page 42 of Tractate Sota, it says, it quotes a verse from Proverbs. It says, Daga Belevish, a worry in a person's heart, Yasicheno. He should do something called Yasicheno. Now we have two opinions to interpret the meaning of the word Yasicheno, Ravami and Ravasi. Chadamar, one says, Yasicheno Midaito. He should set it aside from his consciousness. He should remove it, so to speak. The, like the phrase in Hebrew, Hesachadas, the removal of one's focus from a one topic okay we're going to speak a little bit more about what this means but yasichen abidaito means to let it be to, to let it go the Omar one says yasicheno laacherim one says converse about it with others speak it out so these seem on the one hand like opposites right ignore it versus speak it out to ignore it means um Definitely not to speak it out. Speak it out is the opposite of ignoring it, to focus on it, to kind of talk about it, to share it with another. So what do we make of these two? I understand, and I don't think this is so controversial at all. I think I think the reality is, is that every human being needs both of these approaches in his, uh, in his navigating of his life. Meaning, um, a person needs like a bicycle stability is in going is going to be had in moving there's a tremendous power and liberation in being engaged in daily commitments in daily com in daily uh, undertakings a person who i remember the experience of of uh, there being a point in my life where i was highly troubled and distressed with ongoing negative feelings and i remember at the time you know what i'm going to go I had the ability, I was a student in yeshiva, and I had a window of time where I was free, and I and and my yeshiva was not so far from a hospital. So I decided I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the hospital on a daily basis for a certain amount of time, and I'm just going to go visit people. And I'm going to encounter people who are bedridden, whose health is poor, who are in some kind of distress or discomfort in some level, and I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to see what they need. There's something to be said about being engaged in uh, in something other than yourself to remove worried thoughts from your heart, or at least not to pay attention to them. I'm not sure that I would review it as remove. I don't know how to surgically remove a, a thought or a feeling from my heart, but certainly to remove my mind from it, right? Remove my mind from it and to engage in something different. I also remember the experience of being troubled and distressed about various things and going to a wedding and just experiencing 
hundreds of people rejoicing with extraordinary music and the happiness of a beginning of a new home, a new Jewish home. It was unbelievable the degree to which being engaged in that in that undertaking, this like communal outpouring of joy to start off the beginning of a new Jewish home, it was amazing to me. I would be jump, I would be certain dancing in the circle and it, I would be conscious of the fact that like, what, what was I bothered by before? Like, what is that? Where, where is it? Where I can't even find it in, in the recesses of my heart where like, I have no idea what that even feels like at the moment. It was a wondrous thing. And that's true for, for any engagement in a meaningful activity, having for a, for a, a daily learning experience, a daily learning partnership, a daily teaching experience that one does, a daily kindness, a daily physical exertion exercise, some kind of a daily responsibilities, ongoing responsibilities and commitments is an enormous way to take one's mind off of worried thoughts. And there, it's absolutely necessary to have a life that's filled with commitments and responsibilities because it's an essential way to take to direct one's attention away from the natural worry that can accumulate in our heart. So absolutely it's essential to be able to know to 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 be able to exercise this wisdom principle of if there's worry that's accumulating in your heart, take your mind off it. Put your mind on something else. Now, just sitting in a room, I don't recommend is a necessary way to do that. Maybe there are, there could be varieties of ways to do this. Some people practice a, a kind of meditation where they where they focus their attention on a specific um, constant, maybe their breath, maybe um, a phrase of wisdom. And then as their mind wanders, they gently they anticipate that. They know it's going to happen. They gently bring their mind back and they just kind of watch the phenomenon of how their mind is this kind of flowing river. Whatever it is, there's a power to understanding everyone needs this kind of tool of, of uh, the ability to place one's attention on something other than a worried feeling, a worried heart, a worried distress. Now, additionally, it says, speak it out with others. Uh, it's also the case that a person needs the ability to experience uh, the ability to be in the presence of others, to share the difficulties of his life with others. Is there, um, in a moment, we'll speak about the potential downside to both of these, even as both of these things are necessary ingredients in a person's walking through his life. We're going to speak how each one could be misapplied or done in a way that's not productive. But the ability to speak about one's difficulties with others is, is powerful. It, we need we need friendship. We need empathy. We need someone who can kind of be nice but all to assist us, not necessarily that they take on our challenges, but they can simply be with us as we look at the difficult and distressing feelings that we're carrying around for so many different reasons. And this applies on a multiple of levels. I've spoken about the idea that there's a concept of peace that exists within oneself, the peace between one's soul and one's body. There's peace with other people, and then there's peace with our creator. The body needs someone to listen to it. Needs The body has needs. The body has um, need for 
for uh, a variety of things. And it's appropriate for the soul to listen to the body. How are you feeling? I'm tired. I'm feeling unhealthy. I'm um, agitated and wanting to indulge in X, Y, Z. The body needs an audience and there needs to be someone who can receive that message, that communication. And so too, a person needs a, a, a personal audience. I, if, if someone feels lonely in life, someone feels lonely in a marriage, if someone feels unfulfilled, if someone feels um, uh, angry or, or um, confused, there's so much to be said for being able to look at those difficult feelings in the presence of another. It's profound. I mean, we have a the I, I think just for example of the, the Torah principle called Egla Rufa. And Egla Rufa refers to the chapter in the Torah that, that speaks of an unidentified murder, someone who's found whose body is found uh he's he's found murdered between outside the limits of a city. Then the Torah tells us that we have to do a whole procedure with the court of that of the closest city. And one of the things that they have to declare is that we didn't, they, they have to ask themselves whether this is true or not, we didn't see this person pass through our town and not provide him with uh, accompaniment and food and, need, and, and address his needs. Meaning there is a recognition that a person who's unaccompanied, who, who's a traveling through and who's not... Um, and no one acknowledges him. No one addresses him. No one says, hey, I, I, where are you going? What, what do you need? Are you okay? Like if, this, if a person's going through life without some kind of an accompaniment, then he's, he's at risk. He's in danger. He is the, the, the court, the, the Beit Din of that city acknowledges we would be liable in part for his death had we seen him and not addressed his needs or not acknowledged his needs. And that's a, that's a metaphor that we are all traveling in this world, we're all traveling through life to the degree that we have uh, resources that can uh, look at us, see us, hear us, accompany us, that we feel a sense of there's someone who's with me on my journey. It literally play, takes me out of a danger and places me into a more stable and um, healthy path in life. It's essential that we have that ability. Now, is it possible that either one or both of these things can be used in a way that's not constructive? Definitely. To the, to the degree that a person, just reviewing for a moment, we spoke of two ways of addressing worry and heart. One is to put our attention elsewhere, and the other is to speak it out. If we put our attention elsewhere, it could be that we're avoiding uh, addressing the life issues that we have, the unpleasant feelings that are kind of their message. There is a message to be had in difficult feelings. It's true feelings are coming from the divine source, but there's something to learn from them. And with the help of uh, the ability to look at them, we're, we have a lot of wisdom with which to navigate. When we're free and we experience a certain security and safety to look at the difficult feelings that we're having, then uh, then we, we can learn from them, then we get insight, then we have suggestions that come from a deep place inside of us as to, from ultimately from our connection to our creator, as to how to address and respond to the difficulties that we're experiencing. 
So there might be times where taking our attention away from feelings could be inappropriate. Alternatively, if a person finds that he's speaking and speaking and speaking about his difficult feelings and he's not moving forward, there's not um, it's not movement in how he's uh, navigating his life. He's not able to uh, grow in his addressing his responsibilities to himself, to others, to his creator, and he's just kind of staying in a holding pattern. That's a sign that he might be amplifying those feelings without without positive movement. Ultimately, we're here to accept responsibility. I am responsible. If I am experiencing chronic anger, chronic worry, chronic fear, I, I, it might look to me that the events and the circumstances of my past and present are the actual source of those things and I'm stuck. But ultimately, I that's not a, that's just not a Jewish view. It's not a, it's not a wisdom view of the world. Ultimately, those feelings are meant to be looked at so then I can find a path forward and accept greater responsibility for how my distress is an agent in my growth. And in fact, I, that, that it's possible and to anticipate that those distressing feelings and the events I associate with them are really extraordinarily constructive, extraordinarily um, uh, uh, things that I can and will eventually be able to say thank you for, thank you to my creator for. So we see that there's two there's two basic approaches. When there's worry that accumulates in a worried or worry or difficult feelings that accumulate in a person's heart, it's essential that he has these two aspects within his approach to, to navigating, that he has the power and the ability to place his attention elsewhere because he has commitments and he has responsibilities and he has the ability to say, I want to deal with you or I'm interested in dealing with you, but not right now, not right now. I have something I need to do. And that simultaneously he has a place in his life that he can look at in a safe way the needs of his body, the needs of his own nefesh, the needs of his own personal fulfillment, um, whereby he can be with them and gain insight as to what is an appropriate response.